0: My why for starting affordable and accessible sanitation for women is because my purpose in this world is to create social impact.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Starts With Why. My name is Zane. And my name is Lauren. Great to see all of you listeners here again, Zane. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, Lauren. Uh, it is a gloomy day today um, in Toronto, Canada, but I'm odd and I like gloomy weather, so like I'm feeling good. How about you, Lauren? Ooh, I like that. Yeah, if you have the right music
2: and you're you're cuddling up, cozying up, then a gloomy day. Uh, it doesn't have to be so gloomy. I love it. But I am doing well. Just took the pup, took the dog for a big old long walk. It's still the fall colors are still out, so you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy to to still be in Toronto. However, in a couple of months, whew, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough, but we'll get through it. We always do. You know what? We have a guest calling in today all the way from Tanzania, and I can only imagine that the weather there is not gloomy and it's probably sunshining and beautiful so enough about our gloomy toronto day i really want to get into uh this really really cool initiative and introduce you all to our guest so without further ado please welcome to the podcast Zion Welcome.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Of course. It is so great to have you, Zian. So maybe you could tell us uh, a little bit about yourself uh, and and what you're all about. Who is Zian?
0: Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Zian. Um, I'm 19 now, just turned 19 a few weeks ago. And um, I'm a young change maker. I usually call myself an advocate of the generation of change. Um, I do a lot of work in social impact and Um, I've been on this journey for over three years now, and um, everything that I do in my life is in line with my purpose of making an impact in this world.
1: Um, And I truly believe that you are making a profound impact in the world, Zion, because I love what you're doing. Um, You're 17 right now, is that correct?
0: Well, I turned turned 19, so uh, yeah.
1: So did you start it when you were 17?
0: Yeah, so well, I started when I was 15, but then, everything that's out there says I'm 17. So, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. So you started when you were 15, which is still like, it's a really big initiative. So I'd love to hear more about what it is um, and what made you want to start it because what I really love is that you're, you know, you're a young man and you started an initiative that actually does affect boys and men, but you know, it's something that directly affects women. So we'd love to hear more about how it all began.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, um, a few years ago, one summer, um, I was, I just completed my first year of residential school um, in, in Kenya. And I came back for my first summer back home in Tanzania. And I actually went through a really traumatic experience um, that was sort of a turning point in my life. So basically, I got dengue fever um, and I was admitted in the hospital for a week. Um I recovered after that week, but from the point of getting discharged from the hospital up to the next three weeks, I went through a phase in which um I had no control over myself. And then three weeks later I wake up on my bed and um I see I check my phone on my calendar and the last thing it say it my calendar says it's been three weeks. Um and it didn't really add up because the last thing I remembered was being discharged from the hospital. So I wake up, talk to my parents, and they explain to me what has happened in the last few weeks, and um, I couldn't believe anything. Um, It didn't make any sense that I had no control over myself, and I did all these things. Um, The things that they explained I did didn't make any sense. Um, So it took me a while to really acknowledge that happened, and it was from that point onwards that I sort of um, realized what um my value is in this world and i really started reflecting on what my purpose is why i was put into this world what legacy i want to leave behind um so coincidentally right after that experience um i go back to school and i was required to start up a personal project um i could do anything of my choice but at that point in time i was scrolling through my facebook feed And I watched this really inspiring documentary on Al Jazeera named India's Menstruation Man. So that was one of the first times that I actually learned and heard about periods um, and menstruation. So um, it really sort of, um, I was curious about it. I wanted to learn more. So I had a conversation with my mom and I found out that when she was small and she used to live in India, she didn't have proper access to menstrual products. And when I did my research, I found out that over 500 million menstruators around the world today don't have access to menstrual products. And what this means is they don't go to school, don't carry out their daily activities, um, use unsanitary materials such as um, old rags, cloth, leaves, blankets, sand, um, sometimes bleed free when they're in their period. And since there's a taboo and stigma that's associated with periods and menstruation. Unfortunately, all of this combined um, traps these menstruation in this vicious poverty cycle that's passed on from generation to generation. So just learning about this issue really got to me and I felt like I wanted to do something. So I started um, ASW, which stands for affordable and accessible sanitation for women. And basically Our goal is to create a world of menstrual equity. And we do this by one producing and distributing reusable sanitary packages that last for three years, uh, hundred percent biodegradable, extremely cost-effective and also embarrassment free. And then we also have a very sustainable model of approach in which we work with a group um, and really empower them to not only help themselves but give them the skills and, and, and the resources to also then help their communities. So um, I started off as a school project and over the last few years, um, we've been able to really grow and we have served over 8,000 menstruators around the world, um, worked in seven different countries, um, over 140 youth volunteers. And it's truly been a journey um, that I've been able to really work towards um, my purpose and, and, and making an impact.
2: Wow, that is, that's such an incredible story. And Zion, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that traumatic experience first of all, but at, at, the, at the very least, I mean, this massive organization that is helping so, so many people. So, so many people, I want to say people, menstruators around the world. So at least this, this good came of it, but I, I can't believe where you're where you are. I can't speak today, guys. What's going on? You're you're doing great. You're doing so good, Lauren. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So Ziana, I, I really can't believe where you are today. You have accomplished so, so much. and I would I'd love to hear after you started your project for school, what was what was one of the first things that you did, one of the first steps? Um, because I'm sure, you know this wasn't all built in a day.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I'll talk a little bit about my journey with the organization. When I started off, um obviously started with uh doing research um both primary and secondary um so did a lot of research online did a lot of primary research talking to menstruators uh menstruators that don't have access some other organizations in this field to really understand um what the issue is like and um when i started off i so based on all that research then um i sort of brainstorm different solutions. Um, and since I'm an advocate of, of, of sustainability, I feel like, um, I wanted to do something that was sustainable, something that will last for, for long, instead of just going to a supermarket, buying a bunch of pads and, um, distributing them. So I came across reusable sanitary packages. Um, and I saw a lot of online prototypes and using all of those in, I remember in my, in my room at school. Um took a took a pen and a piece of paper and sort of tried to design my own, and then I worked with a local tailor um, to teach me how to stitch, and uh, we got a we got materials and we learned how to stitch. And initially, the package that I made um, would only last for six months. So after that point, um, I since it, since this issue is quite stigmatized, it was very hard for me to communicate and talk about this, especially. in in the community that I live in. So I worked with another organization um, and with them, I was able to distribute my packages to around 22 menstruators. Um, So that marked the end of my school project. Um, But then that school project taught me a lot. So I realized that what I actually did um, was not sustainable, and I was actually contributing more to the problem than solving it. So I created packages that lasted for six months. When we distributed them, um, it did feel good. I did feel like I made some sort of impact. But then after interacting with some of these menstruators, I realized that after those six months, um, the menstruators that I helped would go back to the same previous methods that they had. Um, And in reality, I just created a, a dependency syndrome, you know um and they will just keep on depending on on other external factors to come and help them and take them out of this issue so that is when um based on reflecting on that i i one i realized i couldn't do this on my own so i started up a team at my school and we changed two main things so we changed our packages so now our package last three years 100 percent biodegradable extremely cost effective but then we also change our approach so now we have a needs assessment where we actually really take some time to to understand their context, really understand what's the root cause of this problem, and then also build a relationship with them during that time. After that, we have an educational workshop where we teach both menstruators and non-menstruators in, um, in the area that we're working with um, about reproductive and menstrual health. And it's a combination of both formal and informal education. So you'll usually see us sitting around in a circle talking about things like how to um, deal with period cramps, things like what happens when you leak, um, how should a, a non-menstruator react when, when, when a menstruator leaks and things of that sort. And then we have a stitching workshop where we um, then teach the menstruators how to use wash and also stitch their own menstrual products. And the good thing about this is we are really empowering them and giving them the skills to help themselves. So we know that after the three years, um, they have the skills, and since we use locally available materials, they can have lifelong access. Um, and more importantly, it has an exponential effect. So since it's a skill, um, we're really um, we usually see that if we go to a group of a thousand and we just help ten menstruators, these ten can help ten others, and those ten can help ten others. And eventually then we can create community impact where and and help the whole community sort of. Um, And then we end with like a celebration and review phase where we assess the impact of our work. And in the longer run, what we're really trying to do is figure out how we can create entrepreneurial opportunities for the menstruators that we work with so that they can then come out of this vicious poverty cycle that they're trapped in um, using the skill of stitching sanitary pads. So, yeah, I mean, you can see that there's been a lot of transition um, in terms of my school project and our model right now. and yeah, it's and now we think it's more sustainable and every day we keep learning and we keep changing our model.
1: I think that it shows a lot about your intentions, Zion, because you the heart of it is sustainability and education and empowerment. And I I oh, my God, I can't tell you how much I love that story, because that's how you learn. Right. You learn from making mistakes and seeing what works and what doesn't. And um, you're so self-aware, like good for you for saying you know what there people are getting dependent on this product and we need to make it more sustainable that was going to be a question for you is that what do you think was the biggest learning lesson that you experienced from this would you say that, that that's what it was is that people started to just get dependent on this product that you had created
0: yeah definitely I think I think that's been a major learning and another learning through my journey is When I started off, I was, again, like 15, 16, really had, I was really passionate, wanted to save the world. And at that point in time, I remember I documented every step of the way um, with the hope that one day I'll be able to create chapters in different places. So every time um, someone approached me to start up a chapter, um, what I did was I just, I would take them on board. I'd be like, let's start up a chapter in India. Let's start up a chapter in Pakistan. Let's start a chapter in Tanzania. Um, But then I realized that, one, I didn't have the systems and um, resources to actually facilitate that. So although it was nice and in my mind it felt like, okay, I'm making global impact, um, in reality it wasn't as successful as it would have been if I just focused on, on a certain area and where I was in Kenya and worked towards the menstruators there, if that makes sense. So for for when I realized that for around a year or so, um, I decided to not open up any more chapters um, and instead um, just focus on what we already have and put in the systems and get the resources we need to actually make impact in those different places. And then now, um, actually, as we're talking, we just we just finalized our restructuring process. So we're now currently again, accepting applications. We're also rebranding so, uh, we're planning to launch in the next few weeks a new name because if you notice our name has women in it but it's not only women that menstruate we have uh, transgender and non-binary folks that menstruate as well so that sort of goes against our values of inclusivity um, and so we're also rebranding so definitely a lot of learning lessons on the way um, and yeah, those those are a few Yeah, you are,
2: you are just the coolest
1: like, this,
2: is, this is such a cool... Uh, Just phenomenal uh, initiative, and as Zane said at the start of the call, you're just going to keep hearing us say that because it's true. We just can't get over how awesome this is, and we're just, we're so, uh, we're astonished. This is awesome. So, um, Zian, I know you mentioned you have lots of volunteers helping you out. Um, So I'd love to know, as someone who is just blown away by this initiative, uh, is there a way that we can help? And for our listeners, is there a way that they could uh, contribute to your initiative?
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, right now, our website is under restructuring, but people can go on to our social media platforms, mostly um, in Instagram. So they can type in AASW underscore global. Um, and use the link in our bio and people can donate to the cause, people can volunteer, um, people can start up chapters in their own place. Um, and if, if none of that is like something that they want to do, then they can obviously reach out to us and we are open to always partnering up um, and, and brainstorming um, opportunities to, to, to make an impact if it's in line with our vision. Um, yeah.
1: So Zion, uh, what is the next big goal for you? I watched or I read somewhere that you're also focusing a little bit on boys and men education. Is that a next step? Is that a goal? So maybe just tell us really quickly about future plans.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, I think being a non-menstruator in this space, um, some, one of my personal goals and with the organization is seeing how we can involve non-menstruators in this conversation because we believe that menstruation is not a, it's not a male issue, it's not a female issue. Um, and no matter what age, race, gender or background, this is something that affects all of us, you know? We wouldn't even be alive if it wasn't for periods and the reproductive cycle. So what we're really trying to do is um, use our social media platforms um, to our different projects, see how we can involve non in this in this process um, and really, figure out how they can take an active role, be it in in policy-making, because usually a lot of decision-makers are, unfortunately, male members or non-menstruators, and then, or in in projects or in just having conversations. Um, So everything from the grassroots level to um, hopefully in the future, working on things like policy, um, we we plan to do and we try and, we're trying to figure out how we can involve non-menstruators through this conversation. Um, and I would say as, as a general goal, um, we're hoping that, that one day we can reach to, to that million mark, um, of supporting a million menstruators around the world. And, um, hopefully we can work on, on, on making this an issue of the past. I mean, I don't think having access to, to a basic need should, should, should be an issue really, um, in the 21st century. And we really believe that, um everyone has has as an important role to play so how do we really um work towards having an inclusive approach and even sort of join hands with other organizations in this space um to to create a, a lasting and meaningful impact and and make this a thing of the past
2: i think zian if anyone can meet that 1 million mark it is most definitely you you have you definitely have that drive and motivation so no doubt in my mind there but Zeon, it's been a absolute pleasure chatting with you today. And if you can't tell, we're blown away. Uh, so you've already inspired us so, so much. But we do like to end off the podcast uh, sometimes with some words of inspiration from our guests. Um, so do you have a, uh, a phrase or a word that starts with why that we can leave our listeners with?
0: I think... Um my word or my praise would be that young people are not only the leaders of tomorrow, but we are the leaders of today. So to all the young people that are watching, um, I really believe that, again, we are the generation of change. And if you have an idea, if, you have, if you're passionate about something um, and if, if you feel empathetic towards a certain issue, start today, you know, because tomorrow never comes. And it's I truly, truly believe that our generation as young people, will make the difference that that we want to see. and, and, yeah, tomorrow never comes. So just start today. And, yeah, we need to stop being referred to as the leaders of tomorrow. I really believe young people are the leaders of today. So
1: well said, Zion. Why do we refer to young people as the leaders of tomorrow? You are the leaders of today, and that's really what this story shows. So I said it 100 times, but I really love this initiative. I love the heart and soul that you've put into it. I love that you're a young man that continues to execute such an important initiative that you're right affects women directly but does also affect men and young boys so what you're doing is fantastic and we truly cannot thank you enough zion thank you for coming on and
0: sharing your story thank you thank you so much that means a lot
1: mm, of course okay and we'll uh, we'll see everyone next week uh thank you all goodbye bye when we don't give up anything is possible